It's Delicious. Welcome to the SEO Rant. I am your host, Gordy Overton. You might know me better as Wix's head of SEO branding. But I'll remind you, this podcast has nothing to do with that. This is pure, unofficial morning magic and morning mania. For official morning magic and morning mania, check out the Surface Up podcast at wix.com slash SEO slash learn slash podcast. When does the SEO Rant come out? Typically on Thursdays, I think I might be switching to Fridays. I don't know. I got a lot of podcasting going on. There's a Surf's Up podcast. I do Edge of the Web's news podcast. And I have this podcast. I think I need to space them out. I'm going to say Fridays. I'm going to say Friday. I'm going out on a limb and saying Fridays now. But if you subscribe, you don't have to worry. You'll get automatic notifications. Where can you subscribe? Over to the SEORant.com. Check us out at SEORant on Twitter. Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Every great, mediocre, terrible podcast are found. This podcast is also there. For your listening pleasure today, he's at one of the hottest SEO companies. They have tremendous organic presence. I hope you get their inner secret sauce. Just kidding. Probably not going to get that. What do you expect? Hey, they're not gonna, no one's revealing their secret sauce on a podcast, people. It's not It's not happening. However, we're probably getting into some really interesting insights over from Jacob Clark, the organic growth analyst over at NerdWallet. How's it going? Hey, Morty. It's going great. Great to be on the podcast. Really excited to, to chat SEO here. You guys are doing some really cool stuff on the organics. I was telling you before we had the uh, the podcast going on, like, I remember I was at SEMrush and we haven't, someone brought up, like, hey, you see what was happening with NerdWallet? Their organic presence is killing it. Yeah, I've been a, been a big fan of the brand for a while as well. And so I was really excited to join the team when the opportunity came along. So, like, um, you can get me a good deal on a credit card? Is that how this works? That's right. Yep. You can go get all your credit card information from NerdWallet. That's the, Vertical I'm primarily working in along with travel and definitely a lot of intersect there between travel and credit cards. All right. So what's in your wallet? Uh, what's in my wallet is the city double cash, just a 2% cash back on everything. Keeps it really simple. So you actually like finance. Not like I just do SEO for a finance related company. I like personal finance. That's right. I'm just like personally have a, a big interest in personal finance. And so when the opportunity came to be able to do SEO for personal finance, I uh, thought it was a great fit. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun to be able to work in that space every day while also doing SEO. That's amazing. Wow. That's like the dream come true. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. I right, So like, what's a good mortgage rate of this chaos? <laughs> <laughs> That's outside my purview for sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, all right. So today we're talking about clients and SEO and SEO work with, with clients. And that's always a whole heap of a lot of fun. With that, I guess the first thing let's start off with, like, what are some of the first things you do when you're taking in an SEO client talking about their content strategy? Yeah. So prior to joining NerdWallet, spent um, over two years working in the agency world, doing SEO for clients in an account management type role. And definitely the first things that come to mind in leading an SEO client's content strategy is going to be getting quick wins that have a high probability of success. And that's really to make sure that you're able to build trust with your clients. In a lot of cases, you're going to be working with them on could be a 12 or 18 month long contract. And you really want to be able to establish some quick wins early on. To kind of give it like a baseball analogy, um, you don't want to start off the engagement by swinging for the fences every time with things that don't have a high probability of success. Um, It's great to get those big wins, but definitely recommend just kind of looking at what can we first start off doing, whether it's like a content refresh or some technical updates in order to really make some quick wins that have an impact on the business, but also kind of build that relationship with the client to say that 
hey, we can provide these recommendations. We'll help you execute. And you're going to see good results from it. What's baseball? I'm just kidding. I'm an enormous baseball fan. Um, I completely wait. What kind of fan are like? Are, are you a baseball fan? Um, pretty casual baseball fan. I'm in what the team? DC area. DC area. So root for the Nationals. Oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. I was looking at a Red Sox yeah. fan or a Nationals fan. All right. Um, yeah. the Nationals are fine. They're Nash. I'm a Yankee fan. So you're National League. You suck anyway. It's all good. It was. It was a rough year. Yeah, I had the World Series win a few years ago. That but, was a nice win. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you beat that. You beat the Astros. Like I'm. I'm all. I'm all in on that. Anyway, back to your back to your point. I completely agree with you. I was talking to Crystal Carter about this on our podcast the other the other. Well, I'm gonna say the other day. I don't know when this episode is coming out. I don't know when that episode's coming out. But if I have the link, I'll put it in the show notes. We're talking about site audits, and it was the same thing. Like, I think it's important both for your client and both for yourself when you're getting started with something. Quick wins give you a little bit of momentum. They give you a little bit of confidence on both sides. They instill confidence in the client, but they also make you feel like, okay, I got this. Because sometimes you also need to pick me up. Yeah, for sure. Because there, there's always going to be times in the campaign where you're going for more competitive keywords or producing a page that you want to get a lot of backlinks. And inevitably, it's not going to work every single time. And so if you're starting out the campaign and you just kind of keep swinging for the fences and it's just kind of miss after miss, a, you're not having an impact on the business, but B, it can be kind of hurtful for that client relationship as well. So then what do you do in order to, it was like obvious question, I should have been a journalist. What do you do that in order so that you don't take a swing and that you don't take a miss? I found it's really helpful to do an initial content audit of places where they're already seeing some success, but that you're confident that with some changes, they could see some really good success. One example, I was working with a client that was in the software as a service space, and they had a page that was ranking generally between like positions five and 10 for some really high volume keywords. But the page was pretty low quality. It was essentially a bunch of H2s with like one or two sentences right below, maybe a total of like three or 400 words. And the pages ranking above them were much more comprehensive. And so the fact that they were able to get on page one with what was a pretty low quality page indicated they were in a pretty good position to compete there. And so one of the first things we did was make that page really comprehensive, added a lot more copy to it. And just based on their topical relevance there and the quality of the content, it made a jump up to the top positions really quickly. And so that's a great thing to be able to show really over the course of a few weeks of, hey, here was the traffic prior we made these updates and then two months later, you can show them in the SERP where number one traffic is up. And that's just really helpful to establish that trust early on. So let me ask you a question because I'm a content person. I got into SEO from the content side. I, I will tout like when I was doing my master's work, some professor told me, you're the top 1% of writers I've ever seen. And even George Wynn who writes for us, who's the editor of our SEO, I'm like, Morty, I like your writing. So I like writing. I'm good at writing. I think I'm, I'm like totally like vain in this. I'm really sorry for tooting my own horn here. But there are people who are not. I'm working, I was working with somebody, I'm still working with them actually on this. And like, you know, they're clearly not a content person and not coming in like, here's what you do with your content. Boom, 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 boom. And I feel like I've made the mistake before. And I'm probably making a mistake with this person this, in this particular case of overwhelming them because yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Like there's, there's people, they have pages. You can dive into search console, whatever ranking tool you're looking at. You say, wow, like this is sticking already. And you're almost surprised that it's sticking. I've seen that a gazillion times. And then let's upgrade this. Let's, let's do this because you're already ranking seven or eight or whatever it is. The content sucks. So we can make it content not suck. You'll probably rank, you know, two, three, four, five, whatever it is. 
But if they're not writing, if they're not writers, rather, how do you do that in a way where you don't overwhelm them? Because writing is overwhelming for non-writers. Yeah, it definitely can be. And I found what's most helpful is just giving a really detailed content brief, whether it's for a new piece of client, new piece of content, or one that you're providing a refresh for. And so what we would do with clients is, you know, provide here's title tag, meta description, H1, word count, any sources to link to. And then I've even found it's helpful to provide almost the exact H2s or H3s all the way down, whether it's like, hey, update this H2 to this one or create this brand new H2. And then if you want to get really granular with it, I'll even provide like a brief description below of here's the type of content to include within this H2. And as I was initially sending those over to clients, I I almost like apologized for it and trying to be so like detailed and almost like telling you exactly what to write. I'd be like, hey, you know, take take some leeway here, like just just some ideas. But I found that clients were actually like super grateful for um, having that much of an outline. They would say like, hey, this makes my job a lot easier when you're telling me kind of the exact H2s, H3s. And then they can really provide the color there of interviewing people for expert quotes or providing their own experience with anecdotes. Um, so, you know, you definitely want to feel that out with each client, how much detail you want to provide. Um, but I've really found that the more detail you can provide with those outlines, the better. So what you're basically saying is you should hand over a brief full of H2s and H3s so they can take it to whatever AI content writer, GPT-3, whatever it is, and throw it in there and pull back a bunch of AI written content? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, that good. pretty much sums up the entire SEO strategy. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, of course. Kidding, of course. I'm, I'm assuming you're not an AI writing content person. Uh, never tried it. No, I've been uh, read a lot about it, kind of been hearing people's thoughts on it, but personally have, have never tried creating anything with AI. Real writers aren't. Anybody who says, oh, I love the yet, they're not real writers. Let's play the hot take. <laughs> it's an interesting debate going on. Yeah, I know it's something where people people talk a lot about it, whether it works or whether it doesn't. And so I'm just kind of open to, to the evidence either way. If people can show sites that have been really successful with AI that, that make it through some of these algorithm updates, then then maybe it does have some of a future. But uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely haven't tried it yet. Well, don't don't ever. It's like drugs. Don't try it. Um, you get hooked. But anyway, we're talking about because you like. Let's run through the process. You're sending over a brief. You're you're getting them to write the content. I'm assuming they're writing something decent. You could probably have to go back and forth a couple of times to get something decent out of them. Then what? Now that they've written the content, like what do you do with them? Like how do you like? How do you take that to the next step? How do you show them that it's working, not working? How do you refine that? Where do you where do you take that once they have the piece of content? Yeah, I've found it helpful like early in the engagements that when the writers finish producing the piece of content, um, they'll send it back to the SEO to kind of do like a final check to make sure that we check all the boxes and making sure it's optimized right. And that's not the time for the person in the SEO role to like be a really like heavy on the editing side and kind of question the word choice and what examples they're using or anything. Like you really want to keep SEOs are bad writers. Not not always, but you want to be want to be mindful of not. Uh, that's what you're saying. Uh, I'm putting words in your mouth. I'm saying that SEOs are bad writers. Anyway, okay, sorry. Didn't mean to cut yeah, you but off. just uh, just making sure that it checks all the right boxes, that it's a very optimized piece of content. Um, and then I've found elaborate. That, what do you mean by optimized? 
Well, just that, just that they've used the right kind of title tag H1 combination. Um, you know, it's the right word count that shows what's matching, that kind of matches what's already in the SERP, that you're following, you know, any sort of guidelines related to kind of expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. How um, many words will get you to rank? Uh, what's what's the magic number? I think it's, I think it's uh, 100,001. That usually gets me to rank. I'm, I'm going to give a cop out and say it depends. Oh, yeah. But I get what you're saying, by the way, people are listening. Oh, we're working on it. If you go to the SERP and you're able to look and see, usually the content that's ranking here is on the shorter side, then that would kind of tell you that the intent is well, they kind of Google kind of thinks that the user wants a short snippet of content where they can pull the information out, as opposed to like there's a giant ass guy, which means Google thinks that you probably want a more holistic overview of the entire topic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, that's a really helpful guideline to use is just opening up the top five results, looking at the word count. I know I've heard some advice of like, take the average and add 20% or always do 20% more. I don't know if there's any sort of like best uh, practice there, like but just get yeah, a sense I, of what, 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 what kind of like, what kind of content is ranking and not ranking and what Google wants. Right. Very much just like take your cues from what's already ranking. Don't, don't copy it and just make, you know, something that's the exact same length and type of content all the time but yeah take take your cues from the surf there yeah also the magic number like i said is a hundred thousand a hundred thousand a hundred and one thousand words so <laughs> that's the magic number i think there's a tweet where like john Mueller confirms it somewhere go look for it um okay yeah i'll, yeah. I'll hold you to it <laughs> okay great so now what literally it's now really what it's really it's really helpful to then in terms of like keeping clients updated on performance like most agencies are creating monthly reports where you're detailing all of your main metrics like sessions where that traffic is coming from goal completions one thing is i'd be careful about crowding out your seo metrics with too much additional information i know in some cases clients will recommend just having a, a ton of data on the reports kind of um, different sources of traffic, like how are we doing with social and email? And if it adds value to the client, you're able to pull that information, then you know, that, that's great. You can, you can be a good partner there, but wanting to make sure that you really focus on um, the areas that you have control on as part of the SEO campaign. And so I found it's helpful just to include like a lot of screenshots and reports. Like if something's ranking really well, Google the keyword and show that you've got the featured snippet there or if you did a refresh and traffic is up 300%, you can pull up that screenshot in Google Analytics. Um, and in a way, it's kind of like, you know, proving the work that you're doing and, and really just kind of builds trust with that client of, yeah, we were hoping to win the feature snippet for this keyword. Here's a screenshot of that. Or we were hoping to outrank a competitor for this keyword. If we pull up the SERP, we can see that we're one position above them. Yeah, I I, I, I tend to agree. I think, you know, with a, with a client, it really all depends. I've had people where they they want a lot of information. They're really into this kind of analytic stuff. They're they're all aboard on it. And people who are like less is more. And a lot of the times, whoever you're reporting to, it's less is more. Um, funny story with that. Just a total like side segue. My uncle was one time at a restaurant and they brought him like a tiny ass dish or whatever it was. And he goes, to the like, what the hell is this? The waiter goes, less is more. And they left like a ten cent tip. And the waiter goes, what's this? Man goes, less is more. So, but sometimes less really is more and your reporting, I think it can be, it's like, you know, when you look at a, I don't know what a, a document or a web page or whatever it is. And there's like, a, like 
there's so much stuff there and there's no white space and your brain is like, what is this? Very much so with reporting, you want to leave white space depending upon who the client is, but often enough, because that white space lets them breathe, lets them focus on what is actually really important for you to to tell them what they what you want them to see, as opposed to just like, I'll impress you by having so much there. It's not grad school. That works in grad school. Yeah, I d- definitely agree with the less is more approach and kind of along the lines of focusing on the pages and initiatives that you've gone through with. And so even if you wanted to have like separate slides of here's the pages we published in Q1, now in Q3, here's their keyword rankings. Um, so being able to provide kind of a holistic view of the website performance is helpful. But I think in terms of managing the relationship with the client, really focusing it on the initiatives that you've been working on together um, is, is really helpful. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So we're running out of time. I want to get like real quick. I know it's a cliche kind of question, but let's just, let's ask it anyway. When you're working with clients on their content and their strategy, what are the biggest mistakes that you see out there? Yeah. A lot of times when we would onboard a new client and you're kind of doing that initial content audit, I would see a lot of content, but not much traffic. And the general idea was that they would be producing just a ton of pages on topics that people weren't typing into Google And I think that's different than the idea of doing very deliberate kind of zero volume keyword research where you're saying, hey, I know the tool says this, but I think this will really resonate. People probably are searching it like that. That's kind of one category and can be really successful. But in a lot of cases, I could just see like dozens of pages. And and even just by reading the title, you're like, yeah, that might be helpful for your audience. But but really, how is anybody going to find this page initially? Because they're not typing that topic into Google. But then kind of on the opposite side of that is you don't want to become like so focused on SEO and search volume that you don't have essential pages on your site, like case studies or reviews. You know, if somebody is interested in demoing your software, they're probably going to want to learn like how it's helped other businesses improve um, their revenue. And case studies are, are generally pretty difficult to rank in search engines but it's a super helpful way for somebody to kind of take that next step in learning about your company in a way that, you know, they wouldn't and just kind of a, a traditional SEO optimized piece of content. Yeah. I, you know, it's something I always say, and it's someone who, as somebody who does a lot of brand marketing along with SEO, you need to consider the larger brand and what their brand efforts are, what their brand messaging is and where SEO fits into the brand you know, to make it like a very extreme example. If you're going to think, you know what, I'm going to target this keyword, that keyword and this keyword because there's so much search volume there. And then the site owner comes, he's like, you know, that's really nice and wonderful, but that's completely off message for what our brand is all about. That's a bad idea. Obviously, it's a little bit of an extreme example, but just to give you a sense that brand does fit into SEO and SEO does fit into brand. Yeah, totally agree there. And that that's also where just having that kind of back and forth with the client is helpful because there's been plenty of times when I've recommended targeting a keyword that I think would be great for their business, but then their marketing team will come back and say like, yeah, you know, that, that might be good for SEO, but we don't tend to use that kind of verbiage or we don't offer that exact service there. And so it's kind of that back and forth of you know, I want to come in and make sure that I'm providing recommendations that can help with their SEO. But then, um, you know, their marketing team is is very mindful of the larger brand and making sure that, okay, let's make sure that our SEO content is very much kind of just part of this larger brand strategy we have. Totally. And with that, where can people find you? 
Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Really enjoy connecting with people in the SEO community there. Always enjoy kind of sharing some some tips and some things I'm learning and would love to connect there. Awesome. We'll link to the profile in the show notes. Are you on TikTok? Not on TikTok, just LinkedIn. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm not on TikTok either, but I thought maybe is, you would. Is there a lot of SEO? Who is? All the people I know yeah. are not on TikTok. Is there a lot of SEO on TikTok? There, there is not a lot of SEO on TikTok. There's, there's Marion DeMarzo. She's offering some pretty good stuff. You're, you know, getting into the SEO industry, but like other than like a couple of people here and there, there's not, there's not a lot of stuff. I know I saw Lily Ray try to post a couple of videos. I don't think it ever happened with that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know the SEO community is big on Twitter. Um, Love, Twitter. Love Twitter. On Twitter, but I don't know. It seems like a lot of folks are migrating over to LinkedIn now. So that that's where I primarily post as well. I post, but I copy post my my Twitter stuff to LinkedIn. Okay, yeah, that's one yeah. way to do it too. Then there's Mastodon. Like that's a whole other. But by the time this podcast episode comes out, Mastodon probably be dead. Anyway, thank you so much, Jacob, for coming on. Really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun and. We should chat again soon at some point. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed chatting. Absolutely. To my dear audience, SEO Rant comes out. I'm thinking Fridays now. I'm saying Fridays. Fridays, I think. Maybe Thursday. Subscribe. Where? SEORant.com. Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Wherever you find podcasts, find us. Subscribe. Leave a review. Say nice things. Whatever it is. Thank you so much for listening, dear audience. And until next time, toodles.